What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Apologies in advance for my voice. I'm a little congested with a head cold. And before anyone asks, yes, I have taken two COVID tests, both of which turned up negative. Just a regular ass cold that I'm dealing with here. I'll try to let my other panelists do most of the talking this week. Speaking of, I'm joined by Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And sitting in for Tina this week is Colin Stevens, making his inaugural Game Scoop appearance here. Colin's on our social team. Uh, Colin, welcome aboard. Thank you, Damon. Super, super excited to be here. Let us get to know your gaming self. What's your favorite game of all time? My favorite game of all time is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, kind of a boring pick because everyone loves that game so much, but it's so lovable, you know? You're in good company here. Hey, I, I have we, a question for Colin. What are you yeah. most nervous about for this episode? Uh, 20 questions. And sure. what, what was the best advice that I gave you? Um, to win. <laughs> <laughs> Sam usually tells people that it's not for fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not for, it's not for fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a great show for you this week. We'll talk about that Nintendo Direct that went down yesterday. Yesterday Ooh. from when we're recording this. We will flip through the February 2003 issue of the official PlayStation magazine. It was a really good time in the pop, in pop culture because there's all sorts of Lord of the Rings and Matrix references. Oh, man. Cool. But first, happy birthday, Justin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's a big Davis birthday. Yeah, yeah. My daughters keep hinting at, they're like, I just want to give you one hint. And I'm like, no, I don't want (laughs) any hints. You're five years old. You're absolutely about to tell me exactly what's going to happen this weekend. And she's like, I just want to tell you one. I'm like, no, stop. stop." I think I I can predict it. I think you're going to go to the Amana colonies and get homemade fudge. Mm. Well, you know, there's worse ways. Uh, Hey, look, don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Well, very uh, Scoop Nation, I'm sure, will wish you a happy birthday, Justin. Uh, I also want to let everyone out there at Scoop Nation know that IGN Fan Fest is coming around again. This year is going to take place on February 19th, which is a Saturday, I believe, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll have panels on the Halo TV series, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie, and then games like uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. And that's going to be February 19th. Stay tuned for a full schedule and info on how to watch IGN Fan Fest. So yesterday there was a Nintendo Direct, and I think everyone was uh, pretty much happy with it, I think. What was your sort of like overall takeaway from that, Sam? Oh, mine, uh, I, uh, there was a lot, which is cool. There's a lot to play. None of it's like big, exciting stuff for mm-hmm. me. But I think it's big, exciting stuff for some people. Like, you know, the Splatoons and the Xenoblades are, are not my thing. I'm really happy about that. And then, like, the, you know, the quality of surprises in retro releases for me is really cool. I don't know if it's a lot of stuff I'm going to play again, for example. But, like, yeah. wow. Like, it's super cool to have to have anybody talk about Klonoa or Live Alive or, you know, Mother. Like, that's insane. <laughs> it's just, I did not expect any of that. Yeah. Plano is okay. the most random one for me. What about Live Alive? Well, that one is it's actually because like, you know, it's a it's a Chrono Cross. It's a game that was never, you know, localized for the US before. Yeah. Plano has multiple times. And I just yeah. feel like it's pretty niche, even though yeah. they were they were good back in the day. 
Yeah, I've always heard great stuff about that series, and I would love to play them. I couldn't tell like what they. I can I can never tell what's cleaned up in that. It just looks, you know, mm-hmm. it looks very modern to me. But maybe that game always looked that way. Live Alive yeah. is super cool though. Like that's like a, you know the creative Chrono Trigger made another game that's about characters and how they cross over, and it's all in you know cool sixteen bit sprite art. And apparently, according to Air, uh, is written really well and it's really fun. And I've always known it. He's always brought it over to my desk. And like put it in and be like, just just play as the robot for one level. I'll translate for you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right, let's do this. And like it has really cool music. It's really pretty, and I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh let's go through some of these announcements. Uh the first one I wanted to bring up, I think Justin will be happy with. We have uh, a, a con- confirmed release date for Advance Wars, what, one and two rebooted. That's gonna be April eighth. And they showed off um, they um, they showed off that the game is going to have local multiplayer and online multiplayer. They confirmed that like the war room mode, which is what hardcore fans sort of spend all their time in, where you do these one off maps and then you get graded based off how fast and how well you complete them. Like and maybe that stuff was on like a fact obviously confirmed, but I hadn't seen that. And like any sort of doubts or uh, concerns I had about this game kind of going into the direct were. Um, were assuaged and so yeah i'm super pumped was it always a one and two remake yeah 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 okay so like you'll they'll have like familiar level layouts and stuff like that it's kind of all in one okay yeah and and the art style initially i was kind of turned off by it but now that i look more closely or it sort of sat with me it's you know it's toy like right they're little plastic figurines is sort of the uh the aesthetic that they're going for and so i still i still prefer the original pixel art but you know I recognize that it's too low res and stuff to really fly in 2022. And I, I, I think this look is growing on me too. Hmm. Colin, are you an advanced horse fan? Uh, I'm a huge fire emblem fan. I never got the chance to play advanced Wars, And so I'm really Here's excited to play these. I know uh, I'm a little intimidated because I've heard they're kind of difficult. Um, but I don't think they're as difficult as fire emblem. Yeah. You'll be like fine. old fire emblem games. Okay. But then in that case, I'm super excited. Nice. Yeah, you got it. That's not the only turn-based strategy news we got yesterday. There's actually a lot of the, uh, there was sort of a reminder that triangle strategy is coming soon. Nothing really new on that one, but that's coming early next month, which I'm very excited for. But a big surprise to me is front mission first remake. <laughs> front mission games were like when I, in the nineties, when I was like reading gaming magazines, I was like aware of the front mission games. Uh, they weren't ever released in the U S back then. I don't think it was until the Nintendo DS maybe. Oh, any okay. front mission was localized here but i was like aware of them like that came from square squaresoft at the time they were supposed to be very like uh you know turn-based strategy games with a very involved story uh like of, of like military in- intrigue and countries at war and backstabbing each other and then in the combat you've got these mechs on the playfield, and you can um target specific parts of the mechs bodies to sort of like immobilize them so i was like always aware of this game and it seemed very cool and now it's being you know remade uh, for the switch uh, and i it's coming this summer and then they also announced they're going to do the second front mission game at some point in the future so that was a really cool surprise to me not something i was expecting uh sam i'm sorry that there are so many turn-based games that you had to endure yesterday as long as they don't have cards i don't care <laughs> <laughs> what if it's what if it's a real-time card game not turn-based well how, how what, like work? uh like spoons? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what that would be like. Well, I know what that is. What? What about what's this new Kirby game called? Kirby and the Forgotten World? Is that Land. what it is? Kirby? It looks so good. In the Forgotten, he eats, a, really he, does. He, he, he eats a car and becomes Kirby. Yeah. Oh, mouthful mode. 
<laughs> now full mode. This this is giving me Mario Odyssey vibes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think that's what they've done? They're sort of like giving it a like a, a hat capture style mechanic to Kirby. Well, I mean, he's always had that. He's always eating things and turning into their powers. That's like his whole thing. Yeah, but it's more usually it's more of like an, an attack, right? Look at him. Yeah. Now, Look at the footage. Now he's trying to eat things that he can't swallow. Yes. And he's just becoming hats for large objects, which is great. Mm. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. It's interesting that it's less murder now. Um, there's <laughs> a uh, uh, like when I'm this trailer showed more of a kind of platformy levelly layout than I thought it before. It looked a lot more like the Odyssey kind of open areas, and I mm. just cannot tell still. Like, will you be you know running from start to finish endpoints in this game, and you know have it be simplistic, or will it be about like exploring and getting around? Like Nintendo has talked about this a little bit. And, like when you see these devices and like you know in mouthful mode, like maybe <laughs> it's like that. But like a lot of this looks like it's kind of like level based, not like Odyssey style to me. Now I used mm. to think it was more like Odyssey. I can't tell. I love the uh, the little Waddle Dee town that like mm. this metagame thing is as you're rescuing these Waddle Dees, like the town keeps developing and like new parts of it open up. I'm such a sucker for stuff like that in games. Yeah. Colin, are you a Kirby fan? Uh, historically, no. Um, and it's mostly because Kirby games are kind of like, you know, kids first video game type yeah. video game. They're meant yeah. to be very easy and very easy to get into. Um, which sort of just ruins a lot of the experience for me. The last one that I really liked, I think, was Epic Yarn. Um, but that game was also extremely easy. Uh, yeah. But this game really has me excited. Like, uh, I think there's really good reason to be excited for this game. And if it's not extremely easy, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty great. Yeah, I, I, hope it's, um, I hope it's going more of the Mario Odyssey route like Sam was saying, with big open areas and mm-hmm. ex- so. encouraging exploration, you know. That was out March 25th. Um, not too long to wait for that. And then the the aforementioned Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series is out this summer, July 8th. Uh, yeah, I guess it includes two games. The original uh, Klonoa, which is door to Phantom Mile, Phantom Mile, and then Klonoa 2, Lunatea's Veil. Vale. And Sam, these are like early examples of like of two and a half D games, even though they're they're on PlayStation. There are still 2D platformers with 3D rendered backgrounds. Yeah, and, and just kind of from a time in which 2D platformers were starting to be phased out because oh, yeah. of you know mascot platformers and stuff were kind of like you know old old hat. But like this, you know, and Symphony of the Night and stuff that was like set on a 2D plane are like kind of famous for being just like really well done. Like this is the this would have been the height of you know. Like some of these developers game for like making a cool 2d platformer game and it's supposed to be that kind of game yeah it's really good i think they ported it to the game boy advance and i played it there and they remade oh, the, the the gba one i think i was gonna say they're i think they're different games really just they're they're unique entries i well now you have me doubting myself i i thought they were and i was a little bit disappointed that they weren't included in this collection but Maybe it, maybe it is like a remixed or redone version of the two and a half D originals. Yeah. 2.5 D. They remade the first one for the Wii mm. in like 2008. Yeah. Yep. I think IGN gave it an eight for what it's worth. Yep. Uh, another surprising announcement for me was the Portal Companion Collection <laughs> that's coming yeah. this year. Very cool. <laughs> but it's weird that uh, as of right now, it's only announced for the Switch. So it's the original Portal. It is and- weird. 
the original Portal and Portal 2. It is the first time a Valve game has been released on a Nintendo platform. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Which is cool. But I would kind of like to revisit those games because they're not available. You can't play them on PS4 or PS5. You can play it on Xbox via backwards compatibility, but it's not, you know, they haven't been released uh, for those systems. So, yeah, it's a strange out of nowhere announcement like many of these. Yeah. Um, live Alive is how it's pronounced. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't ever, ever know if it was Live Alive or. Is that, we, we can say that for sure, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Confirmed. Okay. Uh, they're, they're using the HD 2D art style of Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. And the upcoming triangle strategy mm-hmm. that was coming. Love that aesthetic. You don't like it? No, I just say I do love it. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, I I think it's so perfect for this, and like yeah. it preserves that there's already good crystal. Uh, I just reading the screen. There's already good pixel art for uh, this game. Like it was beautifully designed, and so this just emphasizes it. I kind of think uh, every great old school. Mm-hmm. Eight and sixteen bit game should be remade with the HD two oh, yeah. D art style. Yeah. It, it, like, it's fit everything. everything. I'm, sh- like, I'm sure at some point, you know, we're going to get tired of that art style, or it's going to be sure. played out. Yeah. But like, it, it's so it's so perfect, such like a, a a modern update to like you know this aesthetic that's like really a part of our culture that's like really important to the four of us and the gamers all over the place, but still sort of modernized and brought into 2022, where like. I'm still at the point where I can't get enough of it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure that'll change at some point, but for, for, for the moment, it's just my eyes are always glued to the screen. Yep, for sure. Yeah. One of the big announcements, uh, which I guess in hindsight seems kind of obvious. We, someone should have seen this coming. It's Nintendo Switch Sports. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Switch has now outsold the Wii. So there's got to be, you know, a very large, you know, more casual audience out there that will... I guess I guess Wii Sports would be considered a retro game now. Yeah, there was and well, and there was no Wii Sports on the Wii U, and that's why that console failed. The only reason why. That's why. Yeah, only reason. Was there really no no sort of Wii Sports equivalent on the Wii? U? I think there was. Uh, wasn't there? there? I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no one played it if there was. Well, that's that part's true. Um, what do we, Sam? Are you excited for Nintendo Switch Sports? I, I I'm no, not personally. I mean, I've played I've played what seems to be the best games in there, which is bowling and tennis. It's amazing. Those games are really fun, and I hope the Switch controller works for it. <clears throat> I'm shocked that this wasn't something that they were like, let's put this out ahead of the holiday season when everybody's <clears throat> buying Switches and it's the craziest. It's just it's such weird timing sometimes with this stuff. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, I think some people like it, and plenty of people haven't played Wii Sports, but I don't think it's ever going to have the height that it once had. Seth um, Macy speculated that it, Nintendo might be angling for it to be like a pack-in. Cool. Oh, yeah. It's just a, just a guess. So, but they, so they'd have like a new skew? Yeah, like they've given away, it's been the Switch and Mario Kart 8 has been like their thing, Nintendo's thing, <laughs> every single year around the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And like maybe maybe they'd be interested in this sort of replacing that. Yeah, and this one game, of those games you can't play portably very easily. It's really funny that they do this stuff. <laughs> very true. I, uh, I I was looking on the eShop this morning, so I went to download the Triangle Strategy demo mm-hmm. slash just beginning of the game, uh, and I saw that it, Nintendo Switch Sports is actually just forty bucks, so it's a it's a mm-hmm. budget price game. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. interesting. 
they're also um, they're really leaning into like they're calling it like a sequel to Wii Sports. Like they're invoking Wii Sports in their messaging of this game, and it's not like oh a new casual sports game, but like no, like directly it's a follow up, which I found a little interesting. You know, I really liked Wii Sports Resort. I, I did a bunch yeah. of work on that game uh, for the guide, and like it had like a really cool like collectible set with the like the pilot wing stuff where you fly around the island, and it was like really there was cool stuff with that, and it just had like a fun like I liked the what was it called Woohoo Island, like like as a you know like a, a place that Nintendo kind of built, and you could kind of drive around or fly around. Like I, I like the <clears throat> I just like the pilot wings mashup for that for whatever reason that really worked for me. I wish they'd bring that back. Justin, you think you'd play Nintendo Switch Sports with your daughters? Yeah, I, we have a ring fit and they're doing a cool thing where you can use the leg strap and play the soccer mm-hmm. game in Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch Sports. And I think that that's really clever. It's like one of those kind of off the wall Nintendo things. That I don't feel like anybody could really get away with, but them or I wouldn't trust anybody else to even do it well either, except for them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, yes, is the short answer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I'd personally feel much of a need to revisit Wii Sports, but you know, I have a two-year-old son, so maybe two or three years it'd be fun to play with him. Who knows? Yeah. Then the other really big announcement: more Mario Kart Eight. Uh, Forty-eight new courses coming in packs by the end of 2023. It's twenty-five dollars for this whole like this whatever you want to call it, the season pass, whatever they're calling it, or it's what free with the premium version of Nintendo Switch Online which makes that a little bit more of an attractive deal, I think. The booster course pass, that's what they're calling it. Um, I think this is cool. I, I haven't actually haven't played Mario Kart 8 in a long time. And uh, 48 new courses sounds like a pretty good... It's, it's the remixes of, of pre-existing Mario Kart courses. Sam, are you excited? It's incredible. Okay, I mean, cool. I, I don't. I guess I'm personally excited. I don't know how much time I'll spend into playing Mario Kart for the rest of my life, but like, <laughs> you know, for the people that are playing Mario Kart all the time, this is like the coolest thing. Like, I love, I love these levels. They, everyone, I know every level in every Mario Kart like mm. so well. I've even through, you know, through eight, and uh, it's just super cool to be including this. And it's so much like the Smash Brothers idea of like keep adding to this, so it's like the definitive game. Like, sure, like that's. That's so awesome to make Mario Kart a platform and not make us keep on buying Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Even though I know there's a cost involved in this. It's great. Is it, so you, do you, would you say you prefer this to getting a Mario Kart 9? Yeah, except for Mario Kart 9 could just be exactly this. Like, what are, what are we doing now? We're just, <laughs> yeah. we, we have a platform that's going to be great for racing Mario Kart. And it's not like the Fidelity is going to get any better. They've had to remake these levels entirely from GBA and mm-hmm. even from GameCube, you know? And so they, they're, they're, They've kind of built a platform, and that's exciting. I mean, it is true that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was already pretty much the perfect Mario Kart game. It's perfect. Know, it, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Colin, Justin, either of you, would, would either of you have preferred to get an, an announcement for Mario Kart 9? Well, I think, I think this makes a lot of sense for Nintendo for a couple of reasons. One, uh, as of now they can't do like new smash bros characters every direct, you know, they don't have that little note to make, but now we're going to hear about a new wave of these courses, like pretty much every Nintendo direct for the next, I don't know, year or two. Uh, So they've got that going for them. And then them, including it as part of the uh, online expansion pass, Mm -hmm. like it's finally starting to take shape, you know, why the expansion pass costs that much. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it costs that much because Nintendo wants the money, but uh, it's just it's a much better value proposition as time goes on. You know, if if you play a lot of these games, you know, if you play the uh, uh, Animal Crossing DLC, if you want all of these courses, you know, all of those individually, and you know, all these N sixty four games, it starts being like, okay, Nintendo Switch Online's expansion pass isn't quite as you know. Expensive and, and outrageous as it seemed at first. It still it still seems like a little bit too much money, but yeah. uh, it really seems like they want people on this extra uh, priced tier. It's like it's like Microsoft, you know, buying all of these studios, getting Call of Duty, so they can get people to get on Game Pass because it's either zero dollars on Game Pass or seventy dollars on PS Five. So for Switch, it's like okay, you can either pay twenty five dollars for all these courses or subscribe, you know, and then forget to cancel your renewal and then pay again next year. Yeah. I mean, like, so Mario Kart 8 is so perfect that Mario Kart 9, it's going to be, it's going to be something weird. It just is. It's going to be like, you're racing on the ceiling now, or there's a whole team of like four people in your cart and it's a flotilla like going down a river. Like, like, like Mario Kart 8 is so good that like, you know, it's it's almost like this Smash Brothers problem of like, where do they go from here? Yeah, um, exactly. And the game has already had really good DLC. It's got these, you know, that cool Animal Crossing course and the Zelda DLC. Like, I think the game with the DLC already had 48 tracks. So now it's going to have another 48. It's going to have 96 tracks where um, someone on the IGN news team, I don't remember if it was Kat or Matt, um, yeah. totaled up like more than half, like 60% of every Mario Kart tracks ever are going to be in eight by the time this is done. Mm. Um, it's just the best news. And I, I think they priced it right. Sort of unlike some of the animal crossing DLC and some of the stuff uh, around that project. Um, the, 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 <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh is like, Oh, they're going to remaster courses from all the Mario Kart games. But I think four of the first eight are from Mario Kart tour, the mobile game. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a little like what? Well, and so I get the impression like those are the only ones that exist in like close to high res fidelity. And so like I think that Nintendo was like furiously like laying the railroad track in front of them now. Like, oh crap! Now we got to remaster you know old Nintendo sixty four and like Game Boy you know uh, uh, Mario Kart courses. So I'm if part of this were to go sideways. Um, it might be the quality and thoroughness that they remaster the retro courses. So mm-hmm. we'll see on that part. I, I hope they give them cool anti-grav se- sections and stuff like that, but but I don't know. Do you remember last month there were, we reported on rumors about Mario Kart 9 being in active development and supposedly had a new racing twist, just like Justin was alluding That's to? Right. Mm. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that like... It would be weird to buy Mario Kart 9 without these 96 courses. So that's what I'm just hoping. I'm hoping like the platform can continue in some way. And like now that we've modernized a bunch of a bunch of courses that like needed like completely re- to be rebuilt. Like you can't just put a, a Super Nintendo course on here. They've done that in previous Mario Kart games, by the way, a lot. Yeah. They've brought back old games and make them 3D and it's really cool. But you know, once they do that, like what, you know, the next switch is gonna like have to be better resolution for our televisions and stuff like that. Like that's like that'll be great. Like if you if if they made this game with 96 courses and 4K and a collector's mode, like that's still gonna be the like the coolest experience ever. And that I hope that's the next thing for Mario Kart. But yeah. 
Barring that, then maybe add new courses and call it something nine and then always have these 96 around. Like, I just really, I really like the library effectively. Building. Three of the, I looked it up, three of the eight are from Tour. Got it. Okay. Well, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the best-selling Nintendo Switch game. Near, nearly half of every uh, Switch, Nintendo Switch, out, or almost half of every Nintendo Switch owner has Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So it's like it's I have, I have it for selling. the dumb Wii U. That's how that's how messed up my life is now. You didn't get it for Switch? I don't think so. Oh my gosh! I think we that... had we had library copies, and so I'd like checked it out for a while from IGN. Like, I mean, well, just, I, mean I could buy it. But... My question is that it's going to continue selling. You know, pretty much every one out of every two people yeah. that buy a Switch is probably going to pick up Mario Kart Eight. Yeah. So how does yeah. Nintendo communicate this news to that person? Are they going to start putting an insert in like? physical copies say hey they're also this extra 48 new levels coming if you subscribe yeah. to the nintendo switch online premium they can push it in the game they can push it in your and new system that's true all, that's true yeah, this this is store. some of the latest dlc for a game i think i've ever seen it's been five years what? since that game came out yeah i mean the original is what 2014 maybe so yeah. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, right. On top of that, yeah, yeah, that's what happens when your game is sold fifty million copies. <laughs> like you can look at Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim as a couple other examples of of yeah. games in that vein. Yeah, um, sure. the, when you get eight for Switch, does it include the Zelda and yeah. Mario or whatever other stuff there was? Okay, yeah. so that's the yeah, that's the maybe deluxe. not the BMW stuff. I think it includes everything, yeah. and I think that's what gives it the deluxe moniker. Well, maybe not the BMW stuff. You're right, but yeah. all all the courses. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that was yesterday's uh, highlights from this week's Nintendo Direct. Oh, Look, excuse me, Damon. Excuse me, uh, yes. You left off the most important news, which sure. is the Taiko Drum, Drum Master music oh. subscription. <laughs> okay, five hundred songs. Yeah, Taiko Drum Master on the Switch is incredible. It's so good. It's good with the controller, and there actually is a drum accessory you can buy. But it has like I haven't totaled it up. It is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of DLC. And this is not a joke. Anytime that there's a Switch sale, I check that DLC page and say, oh, did they finally put the Taiko Drum Master uh, DLC on sale? No, it's never gone on sale ever <laughs> in the years that that game's come out. <laughs> and like, I just get more and more sad because they keep releasing more and more DLC that like I can't afford. And so, um, yes, I will happily pay Namco Bandai for the Taiko Drum Master music subscription for at least a few months to sort of play all these songs to my heart's content. It's awesome. That was cool. That was cool. I did not mean to. Uh, I, I have a question for the panel. Should I play Chrono Cross? Oh, that yeah. was the other one. I skipped over that one. I yeah. did want to mention Chrono Cross. I've never played Chrono Cross yeah. either. I love Chrono Trigger. And in fact, I I kind of use that to contrast to Earthbound. If people haven't played Earthbound, I'm like, play Chrono Trigger first. It's just better in every way. Play that. Yeah, moving around like the sort of you know non battle segments kind of feels a lot like. I'd say like Final Fantasy Nine ish, you know, a lot of like pre-renderedy feeling yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a great game. It's not. It's obviously it's not as good as Chrono Trigger, but it's it's very good. Yeah, My, I just I, I gave it a nine point seven back in the day. Whoa, that's really high. <laughs> I I think well, I've actually never played Chrono Cross, but I've been. I always watch the arc of like that game and how it's changed over time. Like it was really not very well liked when it came out i mean obviously ign yeah, gave it a 9.7 but like people were so mad about it and it not being chrono trigger and its differences from chrono trigger and like 
I've seen that opinion really turn around over the decades. And now, you know, it's really looked at as a beloved RPG from that era. Um, although maybe the people that were mad were just haters to begin with. And, um, sure. you know, reviewers at IGN and elsewhere avoid such a game. Okay, those were the highlights from this week's Nintendo Direct. Uh, but let's look backwards now. We're going, I'm going to pull up the... February 2003 issue of official PlayStation magazine. While we're waiting, what the uh, the Earthbound, whenever they put this out now, Nintendo always puts out a manual with the original quote-unquote mm. strategy guide that's actually, I've talked about this a lot on the show, so I won't go into it, but I really recommend playing <clears throat> Earthbound with that guide mm. because it doesn't tell you how to beat the game. It tells you more about the game and about mm. the background stuff, so like, not gonna yeah. sit here and just talk trash about Earthbound. I think that's a really cool way to play Earthbound. I recommend. My least favorite moment of the direct was them going over Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, and then just being like, "That's all, folks." <laughs> yeah. No, no Mother, Mother Three for you. <laughs> which, which I, I think. I mean, I, I remember Mother had a translation that Nintendo did that was unreleased or whatever. I think Mother. Never, I never heard that, but like it had like the best fan translations ever and stuff like that, and like people were really excited about fan translations. And I don't know if Nintendo ever got around to that one. Mm. It should now. Can everyone see this issue? Yes. No? Yes. Sam says no. Okay. Now I can see it. Okay. February 2003. We've got The Getaway on the cover, which I, I, I've never played this game, but does this dude not look exactly like Eminem? I think it's Eminem. With like, a, with like an underbite? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with an underbite. It's uh this magazine is the only magazine with a PS2 demo DVD. That must be why it costs nine dollars. Yep. Definitely. Holy moly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an ad for ATV Off-Road Fury 2. And I just like so you know, it's like a uh you got a what's oh, you got a lazy boy chair it. in the middle of the room that's just covered in mud because it's like an off-roading yeah. bike right. game. But I just love how you know, you've got this little flat panel CRT television screen here. Yeah. I think I had that TV. With the PS2 standing up underneath, set mm-hmm. up vertically. And then, of course, this controller is wired to the console. Mm-hmm. This is 2003. Uh, although, I think the WaveBird was already out on GameCube at this point, right? Yeah. A candidate for greatest controller of all time. It was. Really it was good. great. This is a game I had completely forgotten about. I guess I guess Sega made a 3D Shinobi for PlayStation oh, yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. Which would have been a Ninja Gaiden competitor, but this one I have no memory of. Uh, I think Jessica Alba was in a TV show called Dark Angel. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I remember this right. I never they, watched it. It was from James they, Cameron. They made a video game? I guess so. It's from James Cameron? I thought, I says, thought Dark Angel was J.J. Um, Abrams. It says That's just, James Cameron's Dark Angel. Oh, I mean, it's possible that Abrams, he was kind of unknown at the time, right? Pre-Lost. Maybe I'm thinking um, of some other sure. show. But yeah, that the, everything had a game. Well, yeah. In this yeah, era. That's just really funny. That's true. <laughs> go, yeah, go back, go back, go back. The game had, one more. The game has a rage system. Rage, rage system. system. Unleash over 50 fighting moves by unlocking the soldier within max. Cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cool. And in the editor in chief of the official PlayStation magazine at this time is none other than IGN's publisher John Davison. Yeah, who we last era. we last saw in an, <laughs> as being editor in chief of EGM at some point in the late nineties. That's right. 
His letter this month says change is good. There are now close to 20 million people in the United States who own a PlayStation 2. Huge hits like Grand Theft Auto Vice City sell crazy numbers in very short spaces of time. This holiday season, it seemed that once and for all, everyone is really starting to get that video games are a really big thing. They're not the next big thing. They're just big and getting bigger. They've now been on the covers of Newsweek and Entertainment Weekly and featured in big stories in Rolling Stone. We've also seen stuff about them in the New York Times almost every Sunday. All of a sudden, everyone wants to get in on gaming at last. It's only taken 20 years of gaming and seven years of PlayStation for the rest of the world to wake up to what we've known all along. Gaming is more than a pop culture phenomenon. It is pop culture. It is entertainment. And it will continue to be more and more important. Yep. It's an ad for EverQuest Online Adventures, which apparently was a PS2 version of EverQuest. Weird. Uh, I feel like Justin would maybe know something about that. Yeah, Justin, Mm -hmm. tell us all about this one. No, I don't remember this. I I do know that EverQuest is still going strong, and EverQuest 2, I think, has been shut down, or at least if not, it's on like live support, but the original game has sort of lapped it and stayed active. I don't recall this console spinoff. Sam, whose face did they trace for this elf? This elf woman. Oh. Liv Tyler. It's, it's absolutely Liv Tyler. I, I didn't mean to give it away. <laughs> no, it's true. That's great. It's absolutely Liv Tyler. Uh, and then I looked it up. EverQuest Online Adventures uh, ran until 2009. So for Whoa. six years, this game was running on PS2. Uh, oh, yeah. Ever, EverQuest Online Adventures. Mm, there was a letter here. Oh, yeah. This letter is kind of long, but I thought it was kind of uh, kind of humorous. So, so and someone wrote in, Sean says, never had I made a more painful mistake than now. When I first received Grand Theft Auto Vice City in the mail, I played it nonstop. In fact, my first run, I managed to pull off 92% in about a week without cheating or using a strategy guide. I figured I would buy the strategy guide simply to complete this hard task of getting 100%. So I played through everything this time getting 75% within the first four days. That being said, I don't think I've met one person who doesn't like to cheat when they are having fun with GTA. Slow motion, the ever glitchy gore mode, etc. So I printed out the cheats to Vice City promptly. Three days ago, I accomplished everything in Vice City except for the shooting range. I could not, no matter how many times I tried, beat the shooting range goal of 45 points. I broke and cheated. With slow motion, I easily beat the mission. I was satisfied for the night at 98%. Then I read a frightening and morbid rumor on the web. He capitalized web. I continued to beat the game, finishing fire truck and ambulance missions with flying colors, only to find the rumor was true, the lockdown system. The rumor was that if one cheated during Vice City, the game would lock down your percentages so that you could never exceed 99%. Mm-hmm. My heart if ached. save after doing a cheat. I remember Horror that. at the sight of my percentages. I have to play all over again. This is a warning, citizens of Vice City. I will now proceed to weep in a quarter. That, that, game, that series usually warns you about that. I can't remember if Vice City did that, but it's like, if you, you know, don't save. Yeah. That's really funny. This is just an ad for <laughs> online service on PS2. It just says no one will mind if you play naked. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'm more shocked that uh, PlayStation Online supported dial-up <laughs> than I am Broadband by the ad copy. and dial-up. Yeah. 2003. Yeah. Wow. What it was like three years. I guess the system was three years old at that point. Um. What would I want to read from here? I don't think I wanted to read anything there. 
Oh yeah, they were. They had the big news that Square and Enix were teaming uh, up to form Square Enix uh. together at last. It's one of those things you could never imagine happening, but then it does. Square and Enix, the two biggest names in role-playing games, have merged. Crazy. Yeah, crazy to think about. Then, yep. Back then, this was like almost on the level of Microsoft buying Activision. Yeah, it'd be like Activision and EA merging. Yeah. Or I mean, Activision EA, Blizzard EA. was a big deal too. That's a good point. Was a pretty big deal. In their news bites, there's a couple interesting tidbits here. It says, this August, the first ever Ultimate Gamers Expo will be held at LA's Staples Center. Open to the public, it's being hailed as an E3 for game enthusiasts rather than professionals. I looked it up. I could not find any evidence of an Ultimate Gamers Expo ever happening. I mean, they did a few. They did like E for all. Like E three was really locked down, and you could not get in if you didn't work in the games industry for many years. And that was always a point of contention, right? And um, various people came to try to remedy that. Various third parties until eventually E three itself, you know, opened up tickets to the public. Yeah, I just i I don't know if this event actually (laughs) actually took place. (laughs) Then there's a news piece on Rockstar recently purchased Angel Studios, makers of the Smuggler's Run and Midnight Club series. Mm -hmm. Similar to renaming Grand Theft Auto developer DMA Designs as Rockstar North, Angel will now be called Rockstar San Diego. Oh. Which we're going to make Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. In what? I guess five years later, right? I feel like that was a 2008 game. Here's an ad for Bagel Bites, and I just want to say I love Bagel Bites. (laughs) (laughs) Are Are they still around? Oh, yeah. Mm. Have you had them recently? Not recently. And I don't. Last time I had them, they tasted like the box they came in. I did not probably shouldn't try them so as not to ruin my memory of them. You know, you know what you you know what it means if you could put pizza on a bagel. Yeah, have pizza Pizza anytime. Um, (laughs) I bet they're better in a toaster oven. I'll give them that. In a a microwave, they came out very spongy. (laughs) Yeah, don't microwave them. There is a trouble. You put them in the oven, the oven oven. Yeah. The oven oven. Nowadays, air fry them. They're perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. I can see an air frying, air fry working well on these. All right, I'm doing it. Okay, uh, preview of Sega Ages. I think this is one of the first times they were started uh, collecting old uh, Sega Master System and uh, Mega Drive games. They say this, uh, what does it say? The best news is that these games will get a fresh coat of paint. In some cases, the gameplay is even being enhanced. Look for the first remakes to hit Japan this spring, hopefully here soon after. Unfortunately, I do not think this Sega Ages collection ever came to PlayStation 2 in North America. I don't think it was until the next generation that there was some sort of a Sega Classics collection that was released. Mm, this, this is an ad. Sega's still using the Sega Ages line today for all of its re-releases. Uh, oh, this, wait. Uh, what? Ages is Sega backwards. Yeah. What? It's a, oh, my it's a pal- God. <laughs> Live, live Alive could never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not wow. a palindrome. I do not do this very often on this show, but holy shit. You were right, Justin. Come on, Come on everybody. It's been around for 20 years. Yeah. I, we we are the first people to yeah. ever notice this. It's like the Da Vinci Code. It's just been hiding in plain sight. This, this is like, like when, we, when we discovered on the show that Tails' name was Miles Per Hour. <laughs> mm. Uh, this is an ad for uh, a video game tie-in to Disney's Treasure Planet, a movie I have no min- mem- memory of ever coming out. Oh, that movie's great. No, I'm that ne- movie's I've, awesome. I've just never seen is, it. Is it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, what? Yes. It's well, like... Sorry, 
The movie is called Treasure Planet. Well, yes, and it's yeah, based yeah. on Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Never did a they did a sci-fi. Re- no, it's really good. We watched it for family movie night, you know, last year at some time. Huh. You know, I just it was an animated film, and I feel like of all the Disney properties that get sort of like you know dug up over and over again, I don't think this is one of them that you see very often. You're gonna hear you're gonna hear from the Treasure Planet crew okay. in the comments this week. Okay. I'm not I, I'm not I'm not dissing it. I've just never seen it, and I don't see it very often. Yeah. So um, the the, the my, my main memory of it is that like the lead singer of Goo Goo Dolls made its theme wow. song, and it wow. just sounds like a Goo Goo Dolls theme song. So it's like the most <laughs> early thousands memory I could possibly like conjure up. Um, but I don't think it's actually a terrible movie. It's just. Uh, it's in that era of Disney movies where they were like more hit or miss than they used to be. Yeah, because it's post um, Pixar. Sarah, is it 3D? No. Mm-mm. Well, it's got it's it's it renders a lot of stuff in 3D, but it's mm. it's pretty traditional. 3D. Yeah, like t- 2D huh. animation with like some 3D backgrounds. Wow. Huh. Uh, here's a news bite: uh, a truck, the Dinosaur Hunter movie, is currently in the works with Hayden Christensen named as one of the leads. Whoa! I don't think that. I mean, obviously, that never happened. This is that uh, good stuff. Funny's in the game. She's in a game called what's it called? Malice. It's from Sierra, and it came out. Oh. It came out, and she she just voices the lead character. I never played who, it, but yeah. who is on her bikini bra shirt thing? I can't. Who, what oh, picture is that? Is that like um? Maybe it's the character she plays in the game or something. That would make uh, sense, I guess. But that looks too human. Like, yeah. I don't know that. That's probably a, a celebrity, a movie star from the '60s or something. I'm not sure. Uh, oh yeah, gossip, gossip, gossip. This is just their ripoff on the Quarter Man from EGM. Consolidation, according to my buddies in Japan, things there are getting worse and worse every day. The Square and Enix merger is just the beginning of what's said to be a massive period of cons. Uh, consolidation. My guess, within the next few months, further buyouts and mergers will occur. Capcom seems to be a center of attention, with sources indicating that everyone from Microsoft to EA is looking to buy out the company. Oh. Whoa. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. Also, wow. look for publishers like Sega and Namco to explore closer ties with other companies in the near future. Well, of course, Namco would merge with Bandai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I like this. They have a they have a whole section on music in their magazine. <laughs> Interesting. And this Why? month this month is all Grand Theft Auto Vice City, so they're just like featuring '80s albums that they like. They've got Blondie, A Flock of Seagulls, Hollow Notes, Iron Maiden, and Cool in the Gang. Wait, is that that says it's by John Scalzi, right? Yes, John Scalzi. I don't know if it's the same guy, but he's the author of many, many best-selling, famous sci-fi books. So it's like. Is that just a coincidence or did he know. go on to have a, a lucrative career as a sci-fi author? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh my gosh. What? Oh, so they, they have a bookmark section, which is very cute and quaint, where they just list like websites you should check out. PlayStation.com. Cool. Type these uh, in. What's up? Type, type these URLs yeah, in. Type these URLs. But the last <laughs> one, the last one they list is Netflix.com. That's oh great. Oh my God. <laughs> What's it say? If you like movies but don't know about this site, there's something wrong with you. Mm. You need to know about this site, Netflix.com, movie lovers. Did they, before they were a disc rental system set up, was that a, a, were they a different company? No. I don't that know. Been, that would have so been, would this would have been for that? Yeah, discs by mail. 
I didn't mm-hmm. realize they were that early. I feel like Netflix was something I heard about in you know, 2007 or something. Must have been a slow start. No Wait, kidding. listen to this site. There's ps2rosters.com. Don't like playing March Madness 2003 with guys named number 05? Check out the site. For a minimal fee, you can score the real names for everyone in the NCAA. Weird. Huh, how would that, that even... Well, it's like it would like mod your game somehow, but how are they modding a disc-based game on your No, no, no. Too? I think this is for like... It's like a uh, save file. Stuff, right? No. Maybe for save files. It's like some I'm, weird gonna... proto-NFT. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess that it's giving you a save file that just replaces all the fake teams and characters with the real people. I don't remember games very... <laughs> Did you get, I didn't know that that was a problem. I thought everything had a license forever. It's just so, well, except for like, even NBA Jam is a license. Yeah, Bill Clinton in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, look up Vice City on GameFacts.com to find scripts for KChat and VCPR. Nice. Uh, by the numbers, the best selling games, the best selling uh, PlayStation 2 games. What This is coming from NPD. Uh, this is, but this is back from October. So, most of the games at the time was Vice City, NBA Live 2003, Kingdom Hearts, Madden 2003, Hitman 2, Tony Hawk 4, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit 2, Tekken 4, and NBA 2K3. They have the PS1 top 10 sales in here. The PS1 wow. would be like eight years old at this point. The best selling game is Yu Gi Oh! Forbidden Memories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, OPM's most wanted PS2 games is Death Jam, Vendetta, Final Fantasy X2, NBA Street Volume 2, Devil May Cry 2, Xenosaga, Dark Cloud 2, Splinter Cell, Soul Calibur 2, High Heat 2004, and Eco 2. I don't know what High Heat 2004 was. That's baseball, right? It is. They've got some stats. 6.9% of all gaming software ever rated by the ESRB received an M rating. And if that sounds low to you, I, I looked it up. It's actually not even that much higher today. I think in 2008, the SRB released its own report that out of all games rated that year, only like 13 or 14% were M rated. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I love the, uh, the old peripheral ads. So this is a ad for, from a bunch of peripherals from a company called Intech. And they've got a game screen, full color game screen. Allows you to play games, home videos, and DVDs anywhere. And it looks like it hooks onto your PlayStation 2 console. Cool. Like, you'd still have to, like, plug in your console somewhere. Hey, take yeah. it to the airport. I mean, I guess. And then they have a game sound system, two speakers <laughs> that connect your PlayStation 2. Like, what? Well, how That's it, so weird. They, there's no it, way. Like, could, just like, in case your TV doesn't have speakers. Exactly. And well, these, are, these little speakers aren't going to sound better than, like, a home theater system. No, the suggestion it sounds like is like use your PlayStation as a CD player, like a replace a boombox. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, awesome. And then their big preview of the getaway, they say it's the biggest project ever from a European developer. The core team was 55 people supplemented by 30 actors plus wardrobe sculptors and set designers. There are so many people on this game. The credits take seven minutes to roll by. <laughs> oh, man. It's a, it's a miracle that any video games exist in 2022. Yeah, it's true. Wait till they play a Ubisoft game a little yeah. bit down the line. <laughs> uh, in the review section of Peripherals, John Davidson reviewed a uh, steering wheel, only gave it one star. 
But then there's also this hip screen pad. This is another screen, a portable screen that attaches to your PlayStation 2 controller. Again, I guess if you're at the airport and you can find an outlet, you could plug in your PlayStation 2 and then use this screen I mean, on your controller. That's I kind mean, of amazing like, for 2003. Yeah. yeah. They gave it two and a half stars. I mean, I guess it's also the uh, the reason you play Switch while somebody else in your household needs to use the main television. Maybe. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I guess there could be that too. And then there's the NetPlay controller from Logitech. I wish everyone could see this thing. It's like, it's a controller the length of a a keyboard, a computer keyboard. (laughs) So it's got a full keyboard on it, and then also the PlayStation 2 controls with the dual analog sticks. They gave it five stars! (laughs) If you're going to get a dial-up modem and a PlayStation 2 and go for PlayStation (laughs) Online, you're going to need this. Yeah. To play EverQuest, whatever. <laughs> yeah, to play EverQuest Legends online. Yeah. And then there's an ad for a new magazine being launched. Uh, and it's powered by Ziff Davis Media. The magazine was called GMR. And it was only available from EB Games, Electronics Boutique. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. It, it lasted, I think it ran for two years until wow. EB Games merged with, what? Either GameStop or Funko Land, one of those? Yeah, yeah. they all became GameStop. I, I had some I had some really? issues of this some magazine. GMRs. And they end with just an ad again for PlayStation 2 going online <laughs> with a network adapter. Uh, look at that modem. That's great. Yeah, I had to get the word out. You could play what? ATV Off-Road Fury 2, Auto Modelista, Madden, Tony Hawk 4, SOCOM, Frequency, Twisted Metal Black, NFL Game Day, and Tribes Aerial Assault. And that is the February 2003 issue of the official PlayStation magazine. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Marcus in Chicago. Let the questioning begin. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So we've lost the last two. Yeah. But, but that being said, we do need to try to do speed round. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, did this game come out before January 1st, 2000? Yes. Uh, did it come out before 1990? Yes. 80s oh. game possibly late 70s game uh was this game originally released for the nes no same question arcade yes oh i'll go for it oh man arcade is honestly where i have like the least experience um talk about genre or yeah uh is this a shooter like a uh space invaders style shooting game no what you would call that okay no it's not that's five this is from before 1983. The arcade crash. No. Post crash. Okay. Uh, was this game developed in Japan? Yes. Hmm. Is it a Sega game? No. And, yeah. Okay. Um, did this game have? Was this? Did this game have multiple players that could play at once? Yes. Is it a brawler? No, that's ten. Uh, I was thinking that too. Interesting. Not a brawler. Well, well okay, but what's is. the what's the year range that we've got right now? Eighty four to nineteen ninety. Okay. Interesting. Uh, okay, well, not a brawler. Was this a fighting game? No. <laughs> <laughs> is this made by Nintendo? No. Eighty East. I gotta get the company. No. Okay. Oh, man. 
Does have... does this game have any sort of peripheral that isn't like a basic joystick button That's a good question. setup? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Not fighting that brawler, but had multiplayer. Yeah. Puzzles or fi- driving. Yeah. But driving would guy. be weird with a joystick, though. With it. Yeah, driving sweet. would also be weird for synchronous arcade multiplayer back in the 80s, right? Maybe not. Hey, did this come to the NES? Yes, that's 15. Okay. That's okay. pretty good. So. What's that like? Uh, what, like Rampart? <laughs> yeah. That was made by um, Atari. Right. Or Midway or something, but it's American. Yeah. Um, there's like top-down stuff. You're, you know, killing a bunch of things like Gauntlet style. There's a bunch of games like that. Could be based on a license. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's on NES and it was an arcade game. Yeah, made in Japan, not Data East, not, um, not, do we, what other developers do we really, it was Sega? It could be Tecmo. It's not made by Nintendo, right? Yeah, we, no. we eliminated Nintendo okay. and Sega and, what did Tecmo That's make? Data East. N- Ninja games? Oh. Hmm. But multiplayer is super weird. I mean, but it doesn't have to be comp- like, you don't have to be competing. Like, you know, there's like yeah, alternating. cooperative games. Well, I don't think alternating because oh, oh, I clarified. Oh. It could be Konami. And then it'd be Contra or something. That's what I'm thinking. Like a 2D run and gun where you play at the same time. But didn't we eliminate shooters from the start? I don't remember. <laughs> is this a Konami game? Yes. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. All right. So it's either uh, spaceships as part of the uh, you know Gradius series or uh, Rambo's as part of the Contra series. Those are two obvious ones. Um, I mean, it's probably Contra, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, does this game, can you, well, first of all, both Gradius and Contra are both co-op games. So that's really important for the NES. There's not many of those. So can you play co-op on the, on the NES in this game? No. Okay. So then Gradius that, is co-op? No, Life Force is. So it could be Gradius still. I didn't know Life Force was either. That's well, really maybe cool. Maybe Gradius is also, I can't remember. Yeah, Life Force definitely is. I don't think Gradius is, uh... I can't, why can't I remember that right now? But we know it's a Konami game, an arcade game that came to the NES in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should be able to get it. Oh, Jackal is another one. That's co-op, sorry. Um, Konami. But, but it had multiplayer, but not co-op multiplayer. So it's a competitive arcade game that Konami made. What, what what game is this? Well, it could just be you could just trade off and, and playing, which I think is what Gradius is. Is this a spaceship game? No. I don't think it is trade because we asked if you play at the same time. Yeah. Ooh. What other genres do you compete in? Oh, uh, track and field. That's Konami. Did that come to arcades? Yeah, it started in arcades. Although I thought it was pre-83, but it could just be 83 or 84. I've never seen a track and field arcade cabinet. And also, that's, it, it, that's goes cool. with the, it goes with the Olympics. It's awesome in the arcade. <laughs> remember, it's famous. You might remember it's famous for hitting the button as fast as you can hit it. 
um, uh, in the arcade were, world. Like, people had a pens technique to like wobble it around. Anyway, this is too early for like late, even like 89. You, you have one question and a guess. 89 uh, really? is like too early for like DDR, right? Yeah, yeah. This and that would be like a peripheral type game. Yeah. That's a good point. But you play track and field. That the, there's parts of it that you do at the same time, so it's not going to be that. Was track and field one of the ones that had that ball you had to punch as hard as you could? <laughs> no, that's only Street Fighter. <laughs> um, yeah, it can't be track and field, unfortunately, because you. Um... Oh, I guess we asked about co-op though. All right, is this a sports game? Yes. Okay, uh, so it's either so it's either track and field or double dribble, and we we just have to like get really lucky now. Was double yeah. dribble in the arcade? Yeah. Both of those had normal control setups. Yes. Okay. I think it's probably double dribble. I think it's double dribble. Why do you think it's double dribble? I think I'm it's not... track and field because of the Olympics <laughs> are happening right now and there's a meta. That's a good point. I, I don't know. I'm just using my spot. I don't know. Like, I don't know that track and field you play together at the same time and I'm hung up on that. No, you do. But I asked about co-op. You're competing at it. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It is Olympic season. We've had definitely we've had double dribble on the show before. So yeah, that doesn't stop Damon. <laughs> I know it does. It's probably track right. and field. All right. Is this track and or field? There is a meta, and this game was picked because the winter Olympics were happening, but it is yeah. not track and field. <sighs> Sometimes games that aren't fighters or brawlers have fighting and or brawling in them, just That's like hockey. So this is Blades of Steel. Steel. <laughs> oh, man. that's a good one i have never heard of this game in really? my life <laughs> no it I was it's it like was the huge. hockey game on nes mm. yeah blades of steel is great it had it had a little bit of brawling and fighting in it too so yep. i can imagine that was like the best part but this is not the one that had the the skinny medium and fat players right what was no, that that's game? ice hockey <laughs> that was the yeah. nintendo's ice hockey Hey, this game. Uh, so I know now in hindsight, I can picture like the PCB at like you know, the, the 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 game board. <laughs> look at him! Look at him fighting! Yeah, but like I I don't associate this as much with arcades as I do double dribble or track and field or anything. Like that. Oh sure, I know, but it it did, did come out in arcades in eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came to NES in eighty eight. This is gonna sound really weird, but this vaguely oddly reminds me of the Mario Strikers game that they announced yesterday. Yeah, because yeah. like yeah. in that game, you just like attack each other, like you straight up <laughs> hit know. each other with as much force as possible. And, like it's five on five, you know. So yep, I think Strikers is gonna be really fun. I do too. Good, good couch co-op kind of. I loved kinda it thing. for GameCube. It's really, yeah. really great game. I, be- I bet it's next level games that's working on it too. They did the first yeah, two, probably. I believe. Blades of Steel. We anyway. Thank you for su- the suggestion, Marcus in Chicago. If you have your own suggestions out there, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. That is all the scoops that we have for you this week, Colin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's your first episode, but it will not be your last. Thank you to both Sam and Justin. Thank you to Alan working behind yeah, the scenes you. to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. IGN FanFest, a massive event celebrating the biggest names in games and entertainment. And it's all powered by you, the fans. Join us for exclusive new looks and deep dives on the most exciting things you can't wait for this year. I just got goosebumps. Brand new gameplay, sneak peeks, stars, and your biggest questions answered. IGN FanFest kicks off on February 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, so don't miss a second of it.